It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us now here on the show is Andy McCarthy, a former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. Andy, this is an unbelievable moment. Um, big news, too, that they added a new attorney, the Trump team. Tell us about that. Well, I think, Rita, it makes sense for him them to do that. The new guy is a former federal prosecutor in my old office, the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Southern District of New York. He's got a lot of experience, as I understand it, in white-collar uh, investigations. And, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time in the last few weeks talking about the witnesses in this escapade because that's really – you know, the most interesting thing in front of us when we don't haven't seen the charges yet. But this is a you know, this is if it's a business records case, uh, the government's going to argue that the case is in the records. You know, that's what the Bragg's office is going to say. So it's good, I think, for for Trump's part that he got someone who is really experienced in this kind of case. You know, and uh, Judge Weinberg, you had a great point. You're telling us about what Bill Barr said, and I right. can't wait to get Andy's take on that. Andy, it's Richard Weinberg. I have to tell you, you had three very interesting articles recently. Uh Bill Barr, and you commented this, I think, on, on Fox. Bill Barr said there is no crime here because there was no intent to defraud. Would you explain that to our listeners? Yeah, I think, you know, the average person judge thinks that the, uh, and I, they, as they should, you know, because they haven't gone to law school like us and had their brains uh, screwed watched, up. Watched, so, right. <laughs> well, they think that, you know, you have if you have false records, like if you have an entry in the business records that's false, that must be falsification of records. But that's actually not how the statute's written. What the statute says is that even if the records are false, the pro- the prosecutor also has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the person who caused them to be false had a motive to defraud. And you know, the, uh, there'll be a lot of arguing about what motive to defraud means, but you know. <clears throat> For the most part, what it means to the average person is to swindle somebody out of uh, money or property. And in this instance, there's no evidence that uh, whatever you think of the conduct that happened here, uh, there's no evidence, at least that we know of to this point, that anybody was financially harmed by this. This was, you know, Trump's own company as attorney general. It's all internal. It's all internal bookkeeping. Yep. Right. All right. And this, nobody's ever charged them with tax evasion or fraud or anything like that. Right. Now, the next article that you had, which I thought was absolutely terrific, is the, the overcharging, what lawyers and judges call surplusage. There are 34 counts in this indictment. And in your article, you point out, which I agree with, is the purpose of overcharging is to, is to try to get something mm-hmm. that a jury will agree on for a conviction. But this shows, in fact, that this is a weak case. Would you explain that? Yeah, the the Justice Department, in fact, has rules against this, uh, internal rules for federal prosecutors, so obviously they don't apply to uh, New York State. But the idea is you don't want prosecutors trying to convey to the jury uh, that the guy, the defendant must be a bad guy because they took something uh, that was trivial and they sliced it and diced it and, uh, you know, stacked it the way creative lawyers do and turned it into a lot of counts. If you have a real serious case, I, you know, I look back on uh, my blind shake indictment from the 90s. I think I had, you know, five charges against the blind shake. He still got life plus. But when you have real serious crimes, you don't have to play these games of, uh, you know, taking one thing of conduct and turning it into 34 things. And especially when 
the federal prosecutors who actually have jurisdiction over federal campaign finance violations looked at this and saw zero counts. Yeah, and everybody, we're talking to Andy McCarthy, former U.S. attorney. Judge, you got another question. And then in the third article you had, Andy, which I thought was another terrific article, you're saying everybody is saying, well, if Cohn pled out to campaign finance law violation, then Trump must be guilty as well because he was the principal. Could you explain? Boy, that's a false allegation. Well, I don't even think Cohn was guilty. But what people need to understand about that case is that Cone, the Cone case was not about campaign finance violations. Cone was looking at a bank fraud count, uh, which was a, it, which is a 30-year count. So that's what drove his sentencing guidelines. He had one bank fraud count, and I think it was five tax evasion counts. Right. Th- those combined involved millions of dollars. That's what drove his sentencing guidelines, and that was what what he was going to be sentenced on. Uh, he was, when when defendants are in that kind of condition, uh, it, obviously they have a motive to try to cooperate with the government, because by cooperating with the government under the sentencing guidelines, you can get no jail time, even if you're looking at serious charges. His problem was to do that, you have to have someone or something to give up, and Trump was what they wanted. Uh, Trump wasn't involved in any of his fraud cases. So they said to him, basically, plead guilty to these two campaign finance charges. Uh, it's a it's a win for him because it doesn't add anything to his sentencing guidelines, but it makes him a more attractive witness to the government. And it was a win for the government because he was pleading guilty. So the case was never going to be tried in court or tested on appeal. Uh, but I don't really think even Cohen committed campaign finance violations. And even if he did, the laws are very different when you're talking about the donor as opposed to the candidate himself. So I just don't think there's anything to that argument. Andrew, uh, give a, uh, we, we may have up to a million people listening right now. Give us the procedure that he, uh, uh, President Trump shows up at 11 o'clock in court. What goes on then? Because I know the judge is going to go look. I know the judge is going to go to lunch by 12.15. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if the NYPD will. I, I you know, I think um, uh, what will happen is they'll be ready for him. This will all have been worked out by the Secret Service and the NYPD, which cooperate very well together. I point out, you know, all these terrorism trials we always talk about in the 90s. They took place in this small area of lower Manhattan. The, the NYPD is very good at security on this stuff. There's not going to be a January 6th uh, redux. That's not happening. Um, They'll have this thing secure. President Trump will be brought in. He'll be brought to a secure room. Uh, The police will have him be fingerprinted and photographed, as happens to anybody who comes into the system. Uh, He'll have an opportunity to to make statements, but he won't make any statements. He's been indicted, so they'd have to have his lawyers present. Um, I'm sure there's a few things President Trump might want to tell them, but um, uh, he'll probably save that for another day. Uh, and eventually, eventually they'll bring him to a uh, to a courtroom. And uh, this judge, Juan um, Merchand, I think is going Marchand, to be the yeah. uh, the judge at least tomorrow. Uh, and because it's an indictment, this will be an arraignment. Sometimes when someone's arrested on just a, a police sworn complaint. They call that a presentment, and you don't have to enter a plea. But once you've been indicted by a grand jury, it's called an arraignment, uh, and he will be asked to enter a plea. He'll plead not guilty. It's a nonviolent case. 
so bail won't be an issue. He'll be released on his own recognizance. But from there, John, the case is assigned to a judge, and we're off to the races. You know, there'll be discovery. There'll be motions to dismiss it. How did we end up getting the same judge that that convicted or sent to jail uh, his CFO? Well, our judge here would probably have a better read on that than I do. But judge, I don't Judge Weinberg, it's, it's a related yeah, case. I don't think it's certain that they argue it's yeah, a related I, case. I guess so. I mean, I get. I, I'm not uh, as swift on the on how the workings of the state court go as okay. far as that goes. But it'll it'll be interesting to see if he keeps the case. Yeah, it sure will. Andy yeah, McCarthy, yeah. thank you so much for being with us. Andy, walking us through a big day tomorrow, a historic day.